And it's a big welcome to episode five of the ICB News Channel podcast. My name is Rob Marshall, and this podcast is brought to you by the Institute of Certified Bookkeepers. Well, what a month March 22 and the beginning of April has already been kicking off with such a bang. And we've got a lot to unpack in this particular episode of the ICB News Channel. I'm really thrilled to welcome in to join me today to have a chat about a whole heap of things that are going on and have been going on and continue to go on. Amanda Linton, CEO of the ICB, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Rob. Great to be here. And Matthew Addison, ICB Executive Director, welcome. Hey, Rob. Good to be here. Good to be given an opportunity to once again talk to some of our members. Having said that, we've just spent a month, uh, in my case, on the road, um, talking to some members face-to-face and then in the online version. So it's been great to get a vibe of interaction with our membership. Great segue. We have absolutely been jumping around all over the place with joy for uh, what's been an amazing summit over the last month in the month of March. The the team has been at multiple venues all around Australia and then capping it off with an amazing online event um, at the back end of March. Uh, Amanda, as CEO, what uh, what's your thoughts on the, the ICB annual bookkeepers summit that's just wrapped up in uh, recent weeks. Well, Rob, I think uh, to sum it up in one sentence, I think we can say that the event has been a success. Uh, we've had been able to engage with over 1,200 participants across the country over the course of the last month, which has been fabulous. Over 750 face-to-face uh, people back in rooms, people, you know, high-fiving each other because we can be back in a room and share some lunch and share some networking and some learning along the way, which has been absolutely Absolutely amazing. So uh, clearly, as I said, it's been it's been an event that invests the whole ICB team, and the feedback that we've been receiving from members has been extremely positive. So we're really pleased to be one of, can I say, one of the first face-to-face national conferences back in 2022, and uh, and happy to say everything everything went off well. Matthew, you um, you spent a, a bit of time travelling around Australia and meeting with, with members. And I should call out, for those who are tuning into to this podcast and are not quite sure what we're talking about, the ICB um, Summit or previously called Conference has been a stable of ICB for 15 years now. Amanda, the online um, uh, product, you might call it, or the online offering that we gave um, members who were, rightfully so, a little bit unsure perhaps of being able to come face-to-face at this early stage of us coming out the back end of um, uh, the pan- the pandemic, I guess. Um, how did you feel that went? And, and I, I, I suspect it's something that we're going to continue to gravitate towards and work with moving forward. Look, I think the thing about virtual events, Rob, is the fact that we've proven the fact that, as you call out, there are some people who are still not comfortable in big crowds or um, attending in face-to-face venues. But what it does is it actually gives a scope to reach a number of our members who maybe can't get to a face-to-face event as much as they would really like to. And that could be the tyranny of distance. It could just be because other commitments come up. Uh, so it gives us a whole broad range of, um, of options to be able to connect with uh, with people that we wouldn't necessarily have had in, in the past. So the virtual event platform that we've landed on this year, everyone was really happy with. It was really great on the day to watch the engagement between 
not only between the people who were online, but also between them and our team. Um, the chats went off really great. A uh, little bit of banter, you know, lots of questions asked and uh, and then capping all of that off with a live Q&A with the entire presentation team at the end of the day uh, just seemed to work. As I said, and the feedback has been overwhelmingly positive, but the virtual event will actually stay as a staple part of this event series going forward. And I think the thing with the virtual event is that we've proven that, yeah, if you are remote, maybe you're out the back blocks of Parabadoo somewhere or on Kangaroo Island or the back of Burke, wherever you are, if you're a bookkeeper and you've been hesitating about perhaps coming on board as a member because you're not sure about that ability to engage the travelling or whatever, we've now got ways that you can continue to engage with us on a moment-by-moment basis and be a full part of the bookkeeping community that is the Institute of Certified Bookkeepers. So it's a great call-out, it's a great opportunity, and we celebrate the fact that we now have all the technology to be able to provide that to our our, uh, members. Um, Also, one of the things that we've um, got coming up over the coming months that we will try to uh, bring through the podcast in particular and our newsletter, which is our stable, um, is our annual bookkeepers survey. Amanda, do you want to just give everyone a little bit of a, a backstory on what is the annual bookkeepers survey? So, Rob, it's an opportunity for us to find out a little bit about who the bookkeeping community in Australia is. It's not just ICB members. Uh, it's open to anyone who participates in the bookkeeping um, profession, open for anyone to to be part of it. And really what it is, it's about us unpacking not only who we are, but what we do, but also having a little bit of a look at what what does the profile of the industry look like? What's the average bookkeeper look like? What's the average amount that they earn? Um, How many hours a week are they earning? Which technology are they engaging with? And it really gives us some really key information, not only for us to design and to implement initiatives for us as the ICB team. But that information is openly available. It's publicly available to anyone. It was released onto our website last week. And uh, so it's there for anyone to find. And we also, there's a lot of key information in there that our strategic partners and government actually always utilise as well. So it's a really great opportunity just to profile who we are, uh, what we do and how we do it really. So I'd highly recommend if you're tuning into to this podcast and you're not normally uh, somebody to engage with the ICB, www.icb.org.au, jump on there and have a look at um, our annual bookkeepers survey. You will be blown away um, by the information that's contained in that particular um, publication. It is something that uh, a lot of people have got a lot of value out. And on the back end of our summit, just value adds to what we do on a daily basis for our uh, bookkeeping community across Australia, whether you're a member or not, we want to engage with you. Um, So congratulations in particular, Amanda, on the work that you and the team put into that particular document. It's highly valued. Oh, look, and there are some absolute gems in there, Rob, I have to tell you. Um, Some, you know, some findings this year that were somewhat a little surprising, but, you know, as I said, it's, it's also just great to see, as I said, exactly who we're talking to, but you know, I say first and foremost, it allows us to make sure that we stay relevant. We're talking um, and providing information to people that they need and they want and and ICB services stay relevant. So Summit uh, comes to an end and I'll also call out the fact that uh, if you tune into our other podcast, The Heart of the Bookkeeper, for those who didn't make it along to -to face-to-face or even if you did make it along to -to face-to-face, our episode that has just been released captures the sounds of Summit and it is something that you can tune into and and either 
uh, re-engage perhaps on summits past that you've been to, you'll hear the noises of people just chatting and some interviews and some amazing food, even though you can't see food on a podcast, you'll get to enjoy it anyway. Uh, I'd highly recommend you jump into the latest episode of Heart of the Bookkeeper and listen to the sounds of Summit. All right, let's keep moving on. We would encourage you to engage with our, our March ICB newsletter because information around the AGM is contained within that newsletter. We're going to dive right into the newsletter in a few moments. But uh, we keep calling it out on our ICB news channel that this is very much um, a, a byproduct of that newsletter. So if uh, you've got access, go and go and have a look at the information contained in there about uh, the requirements uh, around our annual general meeting. Right, let's move into having a little bit of a chat about some uh, events that have happened in the last few weeks and in particular um, with the ICB's ability to, to, to have a look inside government and what's happening with government and the impacts that in particular that has on our bookkeeping community and nobody does that better than our Executive Director, Matthew. Um, so, Matthew, what about uh, the budget that was released in, in late March? Um, how's... How's your uh, views on that looking in particular regarding the bookkeeping community? Yeah, thanks, Rob. It was always going to be a budget that was pre-election. So it was always going to be a budget that announced a few things. Uh, interestingly, we did get five little bits of the budget through. So some of the core law got through, but some of the big picture initiatives, what was announced in the budget was an intention to consult over some of these ideas. And I actually quite liked that. Uh, we've already been involved in a uh, couple of discussions with the tax office, but one discussion with Treasury to go, how are we going to consult on these things? You know, POIG instalments based on performance, quarterly TPRS, what does that mean? What are they aiming to achieve? What is the right way to bring those in? Uh, interestingly, some of the initiatives, some of the small business support initiatives that help us and help our businesses that we work with are now supported by both sides of of the uh, political spectrum. So we've had Liberal come out with initiatives and we've had Labor come out and announce that they will support the small business support structures, such as the cash flow initiatives, um, cash flow support, the 120% deduction on training and digital. But Rob, we're in a world right now, we need some detail. So while we've got some announcements and we've got the budget level announcements, we need some detail to issue. Now, with the election being called, government goes into this caretaker mode. So policy doesn't get developed and some of the consultations and collaboration can't happen until now the election's over. So there will be some of these things that have been tabled will pretty much be in limbo until the election is over and then the departments will be able to turn the switch back on. So, yep, an election, 21st of May. Uh, we'll move to that. Looking forward to hearing what both sides will commit towards our space to su towards supporting us as intermediaries, helping businesses. So, look, at, yeah, it'll be an interesting six weeks, but it'll be an election six weeks, Rob. Can I say that with a degree of... Um, Scepticism. <laughs> yeah, I think I, I think you can definitely say that with some scepticism. Um, we're a non-political, obviously, organisation. We don't uh, we don't uh, express our political views, but uh, the importance of bookkeepers um, uh, having an understanding of what's in something like the budget 
you see a position for that? Oh, Rob, as you, you're aware, um, you can dig right into the budget and there's a whole lot of economics, there's a whole lot of big picture stuff. There's then the ongoing funding of initiatives, not only new initiatives. That's why uh, we take a bookkeeper's perspective to the budget. We touch on, and on Friday, we did the uh, Fridays with ICB webinar where I just talked through a bookkeeper's perspective on the budget, where we did touch very briefly on some of the economic stuff. And why? Because the budget sets up how much economic activity is in our space, how much business activity is going on. So there were some indicators there for me. And then we touched through uh, the things that affect us as we help business with their GST, with their payroll. Um, and there's a couple of payroll things in there, some interesting payroll things in there. I mean, the National Employment Standard might get changed. Um, paid parental leave, there is some structural changes there. So looking forward to the detail, Rob, uh, but there is a bookkeeper's perspective that we uh, will publish in the April newsletter um, in written form, but there is that webinar if you want to go and have a listen. And we definitely encourage you to do that. Definitely encourage you. So if you're uh, on our member list, you can go back to our uh, tech webinar library and be able to watch all the um, the episodes of uh, ICB Fridays and in particular the one from last Friday I'd recommend you, you have a look at. So moving on from all things budget and election, let's get our heads inside uh, the March ICB newsletter. Again, for those who uh, would like to engage with that that haven't already done so, www.icb.org.au and you can go straight to our newsletter. We have the newsletter available um, in different forms for members and non-members, and we'd love for you to, to engage with that. So, Matthew, in, uh, in the March episode of the newsletter, uh, lots of things that we covered off on. We're not going to try and um, sort of dig into all of those because uh, that's why we encourage people to go and read it. Um, but the ICB Guide to the Small Business Super Clearing House is a new resource that... Um, uh, the support and resources team have uh, put a bit of work into. Um, we are regularly calling out to all bookkeepers across Australia the importance of making sure you are up to date and engaged with super and in particular super payments. Um, the ATO have recently indicated that their uh, uh, need to make sure that super is up to date is even greater than ever. Uh, and, the, and the resource just simply calls out the process around the small business super clearinghouse. Uh, did you want to add anything to that, Matthew? Uh, Rob, the clearinghouse is there. It's a good tool. A number of our members use it. Uh, it's got some issues right at the moment. So I'm hearing from our community um, just from one quarter to a next. So uh, our encouragement would be have a look at the guide, have a look at the best practice use of the clearinghouse. Uh, but just as a pre-warn for your March payments, don't leave it to the last moment just in case there's an issue. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, if you're tuning in um, uh, to this episode and it's uh, mid-April, which it will be, uh, then we'd recommend you jump straight on and uh, do your super payments ASAP and not leave it to that last moment. Um, another um, important part of this particular episode of the March newsletter uh, is an article around STP2 and tax file number declarations. Been a little bit of confusion, a little bit of hubbub about this uh, in our uh, bookkeeping world, and certainly probably more so in our communications with our employers and our clients around uh, 
around this. Uh, Matthew, do you want to sort of bring this one to, to bear a little bit more? Rob, uh, lots of history with the TFN deck. Once upon a time, it had to be in paper. You had to have a paper one and you had to send a paper copy to the ATO. And all of us had uh, huge suspicion about they were sitting in a warehouse somewhere and nobody had ever done anything with them. In a digitised world today, the issue comes up and STP2 changes the world. From now going forward, once you've got an STP2 enabled employer, the STP2 system is sending the TFN deck to the ATO each and every pay run. So that means you don't have to forward it on in another format. But also what is happening is most of our software is now capturing the tax file number declaration information. So through onboarding add-ons or inside the software itself through the employee tools, capturing everything that's on a TFN deck. What they're saying now, as long as there is a digital signature by the employee, that declares that to the employer, it's caught in the software, that's enough. And you can keep that as an electronic record. You do not have to even print it out and get them to sign it for a wet signature. So that's a really good step forward, Rob. Now, this could well turn out to be a question without notice, um, but what about all those tax file number declarations that uh, in my case, I've got going back 25 years now of employment, can I go and have a big bonfire with them or do I need to maintain those? I would be uh, doing a scanned copy, Rob, to a PDF file and storing that in your archives and then uh, feeding the bonfire. Great tip, great tip. I can't wait to, to get that match under those ones. So, um, But definitely the scanned copy. So I guess our call out here is there is still a requirement to have something um, if, if it's historical in particular, um, but moving forward, we've, as, you've, as uh, the listeners have just heard, uh, there's definitely some move forward with this because those darn things have been the bane of many businesses' life for a long, long time now. So uh, some great, great call out there. And if you sort of want to reflect on that a little bit more, get inside the article that we've put in the March newsletter and that explains it out even more with some different perspectives also uh, from the ATO. Also from the ATO, Matthew, um, uh, some new proposed changes around family trusts without digging into this one too deeply. Just the quick call out on this one. Yeah, Rob, we included it in there because there's so much noise around the advisor space at the moment. Accountants are um, up in arms is not a, not a wrong concept. There's a lot of noise, a lot of discussion. And I see even today the ATO are in the media going, look, we didn't quite get the communication right. Now, there is a journey here. Yes, they are going to clamp down on the future use of family trusts. So a lot of the concern about how far back are they going to look and even today they're clarifying and interestingly, government stepped out and said, we're not going to put much time into going backwards. What we are doing is setting up the framework going forwards. Now, this whole family trust world, the way they're taxed, the way distributions are dealt with is typically not a bookkeeper's space. It's the tax agent and the accountant space. But we did include it in there because there has just been so much noise. Excellent. And um, again, this is another one of those watch this space uh, as we continue to, to understand this in a, in a greater way. And, and as you've called out, the ATO have admitted themselves that there's still a bit of a journey with this one to go yet. 
Um, one of the, we, we're obviously in a world of a lot of questions, especially as bookkeepers in employment or bookkeeper members, whatever status our bookkeeping positioning is as we uh, go to air, a lot of um, questioning starting to arise around single touch payroll phase two. We've run heaps of educational around that already, but some of the bones that are starting to come out uh, we have an article, and again, we'd encourage you to go and have a look at this rather than us uh, speak about it endlessly. Um, but STP2 and the all-purpose allowances has clearly come up time and time again from feedback from our member group in particular. Um, Matthew, uh, the article just sort of gives a little bit of a, a calming feeling to it. Uh, in other words, the central message is don't panic. Um, there is a couple of ways to approach this if it comes to it. Yeah, spot on, Rob. It's the one that's causing people the most angst and we're seeing cases of people spending too much time disaggregating allowances when they actually don't need to. They're overthinking it a little bit, um, overthinking, you know, they're on a salary, but they work overtime. Do I need to split that salary out? And generally the answer is no. So ha have a look. Don't overthink allowances too much. But uh, yes, we've outlined there some of the reasons you would and some of the reasons you wouldn't dissect them. And I think, again, and for those who live through the journey of single-touch payroll phase one, um, there's going to be some things that are going to feel as though you need to overthink them, but uh, our encouragement is to kind of just, main, number one thing, make sure your implementation of the process is as um, engaged as you can. And certainly if you're a bookkeeper in employment listening in, in other words, you're working as a bookkeeper within a business, um, you know, reach out to a, your local software specialist in that software if you need some assistance, whatever that might be, would be our encouragement to you. And uh, whether you uh, use MYAB, Zero, Reckon, uh, QuickBooks, if you go onto the websites of each of those uh, particular four softwares, and there are others out there, of course, um, you can search up partners in your area that would be able to assist you with this. And certainly we, the Institute of Certified Bookkeepers, will continue to invest to allow you to understand single touch payroll phase two as it continues to roll out across Australia. It's a good call, Rob. Um, and that connection with the software guys is a, is a really good call. We've got two of the dominant players in our space that are released single touch payroll phase two. I've uh, done a good job of it. They're explaining it. They're adapting as the real life use cases come into being, um, but touch in with your software as well as use that expert. And why the expert, Rob, just build on your comment. Um, you use an expert because they're doing it multiple times rather than when you're just doing it yourself, you're doing it once. And so where you've got that, that real expertise coming from significant experience, uh, it's just a good way to, to think about moving forward and making some of this stuff simpler than otherwise it looks. And, and I think we can re-emphasise, we've, we've spoken with each of the four that I mentioned, Zero, uh, MYAB's, uh, Reckon and Intuit or QuickBooks, and uh, we'll be uh, looking at single touch payroll phase two at our end of financial year seminars that we've got coming up uh, in the in the month of June. And we'll be making more announcements around dates and uh, ability to register for those very soon um, as well. So 
the, the newsletter has a number of major sort of emphases. If the, is that a word? Emphasis? I don't know. Emphasi, maybe. <laughs> um, the the Baz Agent uh, world. Um, we 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 regularly put a focus and a lens on the the Baz Agent world because obviously part of our a large part of our bookkeeping community now are uh, registered Baz agents. Matthew, there's an article in our newsletter just uh, working through what I reckon is really an important thing for us all to have a, an understanding about and that's the difference between um, the access manager and RAM and there's a great explanation of that without uh, uh, too many spoilers for those who are no doubt going to read the article now. The, uh, the call out there is? Uh, Rob, it's certainly just uh, understanding what the different functions of the slightly different, I'll call them products are. There's online services for agents, there's access manager, there's relationship authorization manager, each have different functions. And then there's online services for business. And you approach that slightly different if you've got to stick your, your fingers into that one. So the article is just trying to give some context around which ones you use and when you use it for what purpose. Brilliant article. I'm, I'm absolutely ecstatic about that particular article. It's very timely. It's coming at a point where I think we're all understanding the digitisation from the ATO in particular around... Uh, all processes when it comes to bookkeeping at whatever level you're at. Um, to get your understanding of that is really, really important. We won't uh, dig into the weeds of how confusing the ATO at times have made things, um, but having said that, we we have what we have and uh, the explanation in the March newsletter is excellent. So uh, get your head inside that article if you haven't already done so. Another major article that we've uh, included in the March newsletter is... Uh, headed up by the topic, the importance of a supervision plan. Now, I know you're very passionate about this one, Matthew. Do you want to give us a little bit of a rundown on that one? Rob, supervision and supervision by Baz agents, but let's call it out. Supervision is a professional bookkeeper. So TPB have got guidelines if you're a registered BAS agent, but we would be quite comfortable and, in fact, say if you're a professional bookkeeper, you need to have appropriate supervision plans in place. And where the TPB took their guidance, uh, they took a whole lot of feedback, they modernised their guidance, they're dealing with it, that when you're a professional, whether it's an employee on your team, a contractor, whether it's outsourced, whether it's in the office next door, in the seat beside you, or whether it's overseas, what is the appropriate level of supervision and control over person? TPB's gone there. We've released though, that guidance. We've also released, Rob, a draft supervision plan. And why it's draft is I want to make sure that we as the ICB team are talking the same language that bookkeepers in practice will talk and we can make it as relevant as possible. So it's draft and we'd love some feedback on it. But it's a good direction. It's good to have some contemporary guidance issued by the TPB as well. You raise that term in there and we've put a, a heavy emphasis on uh, the term professional bookkeeper through our summit series and uh, so much of what we try to bring on a daily basis through our resources and certainly through the newsletter is enhancing that professional uh, bookkeeper uh, approach, you might say. Uh, and we've also got an article that calls out uh, client verification tools. Uh, again, I'll throw back to Matthew, uh, some backstory around that one. Uh, thanks, Rob. 
uh, I'm just conscious. I'm I'm hogging it here, and Amanda's sitting there in the background, biting, but biting at a time to get back. We'll, in the we'll, we'll get back. We'll get back to the CEO in a moment. Yeah. We'll, <laughs> uh, Rob, look, it is a call out, and the reason we've called it out again, and the newsletter opens up the kit of resources and checklists and processes that exist. The discussion is evolving. But right now, we have the TPB practice note. It has issued. It doesn't have a designated start date. So because we have a practice note, registered agents, and dare again I say professional bookkeepers, have an obligation. If you're taking a new client on, uh, you're involving involved with a new person on behalf of a business, make sure... You <coughs> excuse me, make sure it is that person, you've done some verification work. There is a journey and one day this will all be digital. We don't need to rush to look for a digital verification service provider today. That's not what's required. So we've opened that up. We've opened up the key of resources that ICB's had on the table for some time. Great discussion. It's one to continue to keep your eye on. And um, again, um, future episodes of both the newsletter and the podcast. We'll uh, continue to, to um, look dig into that one, I guess. Um, we've also got uh, a, a very brief article on um, the importance of enhancing your cybersecurity now. Now, I'm going to pick up on this one because for those who've attended Summit, you know that uh, over the last month, you know that right now, uh, we as the ICB are putting a, a heavy focus on cyber and the, the mitigation processes that are so critical to every bookkeeper, no matter where you are, and the conversations as bookkeepers that you're having with your em employers and uh, your clients. Um, I'm not going to go over everything that I spoke about at Summit, of course, but what I will do is call out that the March newsletter has um, a, a page that has a number of important links in that newsletter that I'd encourage you to go and engage with because they will continue the journey that we've started in March with this conversation and it's a conversation I can assure you that we plan to continue throughout 2022 to work through with our, especially with our relationship with the Australian Cyber Security Centre um, and, uh, and the Cyber Home Group. So, have a look at that article, more so from the perspective of you may have uh, not picked up on an, a number of the links that uh, certainly I spoke about on, on Summit and uh, they're all in the newsletter for you to be able to go back and reflect on. But as promised, we will bring the most important person in the room back into the conversation. We'll bring Amanda back in. Uh, Matthew, I, for the listeners, has just rocked his head back in, uh, in somewhat dismay. But um, yes, Amanda... Uh, the article in our newsletter uh, that I think is, is well, they're all equally important but is a great article, is around networking and your business. And uh, one of the things that ICB has done for a long, long, long time now is encourage the process of networking. Do you want to uh, explain to all uh, what that actually means? So I really think this is something that gets very undervalued when it comes to um us as bookkeepers in particular, because so much of what we do, Rob, is about relationship building. And the one relationship that we forget about is us with others, other bookkeepers, right? So there's a real misconception that when we talk about networking, what we're talking about 
some people have this perception of going into a room, having to give their elevator pitch, selling themselves, they're here to, to, you know, tout for new work or whatever that may well be. When in fact, true networking couldn't be further from the truth, to be honest. It really is about relationship building. And anything in professional services comes down to relationships. So we can be the best technical bookkeeper in the world, but if we can't communicate with people and we don't build relationships, it's all really for naught. So really what we're talking about when we talk about network meetings uh, is making sure you're finding those networks that benefit you the most, right? Now, in some cases, they will be a sales-based, you're touting for work, you know, the B&Is of the world and those kinds of things. But one of the most important ones, Rob, is connecting with other people who, to be honest, just get it. You know, um, we've all had those experiences, I'm sure, where you've sat in, you know, you might be at home, you've been really excited about what's happened during your day, you're excited about what's going on with your business, you talk to your friends or you talk to your other, to your partner and, you know, we're all excited about bookkeeping and they tend to just glaze over. So what ICB did a number of years ago um, is that we initiated the ICB network meetings and I know when I was in practice and even now to this day, I still go to them. It's a really great way just to hear who who else is around, what they're doing. And it's really about just not feeling on your own really is what it's about, but also to being able to share the learnings of, and learning off each other and leveraging off each other. And so it's it's so important that we, that we continue on this networking, um, you know, we're unpacking the networking discussion. As we mentioned, Rob, we run over 80 network meetings right across Australia. And those, uh, the vast majority of those run every month, some are, are bi-monthly. But th- the thing is, is that it's just getting in a room with people who just get it. They get yeah. us, they get what we yep. do. Uh, and, you know, a lot of the feedback we get from people is it's just lovely to sit in a room and work out that I'm not on my own. So I really encourage everyone to, to think about your networking, as I said, and, and taking off the glass, you know, sort of the, the perception, the glasses of oh, it's all about sales when in fact... It should be further from the truth. It should be all about relationships. Absolutely. Absolutely. Could, couldn't agree with you more. Uh, from my perspective as a, as a bookkeeper in practice for a long time now, I would say the majority of my work and client base is on the basis of networking. And that can be in multiple ways. I've, I've said it uh, in other uh, forums. I think the majority of my client base just came from talking to a bunch of tradies at cricket training and places like that. So uh, networking can come in a multiple of different ways. Um, and we, we, we started on uh, this particular podcast journey talking about Summit and we'll probably finish on that. There is no better place than to network than to get involved with um, the bookkeeping community through the Institute of Certified Bookkeepers and come face to face, which we celebrated uh, in March. And we're going to continue to do that moving forward with a number of events um, tune into the heart of the bookkeeper, hear the incredible networking that happens through the sounds of Summit, and I'll add in, uh, we back end that particular episode with a fabulous interview with um, the head of strategic channels for DiviPay, Trent McLaren, and he talks about his journey to where he is now purely through networking and in particular attendance at ICB network meetings. So uh, tune in and have a listen to that. And it backs up uh, exactly what the article in the March newsletter talks about and the importance of that. So we're going to bring uh, this episode of the podcast to a close. Um, it's been a huge uh, last four or five weeks and I 
doubt that it's going to get any quieter over the coming weeks as we lead into an end of financial year. Uh, I'll give Matthew uh, a word before we finish. Matthew, uh, uh, the world of uh, bookkeeping right now, are we heading in a good place, heading heading to a good place? Look, absolutely, Rob. Um, professional bookkeepers staying rational, reasonable, realistic and professional. Um, we can we can take this on. Just don't try to consume everything. Don't try to conquer every mountain. Um, just one day at a time, one foot in front of the other. And sometimes that means saying no. And sometimes that means saying no to a client or to a task that's coming up. Absolutely. No different to the West Coast Eagles Football Club at the moment, one week at a time, you know, and depends on who they've got available. But we won't talk football in this podcast. Um, Amanda, uh, I'll give you the last word. Thanks, Rob. Look, just backing up, I just I'd like to just thank everyone who supported us through the summit series, um, and I'd also just a call out, a really quick call out to the ICB team. It really does take the entire team to put an event like this on. There are plenty of people working behind the scenes. You know, you might see Matthew, myself, you, Rob, Pauline on stage, but there's a whole team of people that make this work in the background. So just kudos out to them as well. Absolutely, a huge effort to uh, to get us around the country and to get us online. Um, what a great way to finish. Matthew, Amanda, thanks for joining us today on episode five of the ICB News Channel and uh, we will speak with you again on the next episode. We wish all the members and all of those tuning in, uh, regardless of where you are and what you're doing, um, a wonderful month ahead and we'll speak to you again soon. Thanks, Rob. Thanks, Rob. Thanks, all. Thanks, all.